Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Good to have you back. Kurt Mortensen here, Maximize Your Influence, Podcast 474. Hope everything's going well. Luckily, had a week off after a three-day Zoom week. I lost my voice. It went out. I had to spend pretty much uh, five days not doing nothing, doing a little bit better here, but uh, you still might hear a squeak here and there, a little hoarseness, but it's back, and that's a good thing when you count on it. So again, good to have you here. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. You can find us at Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google, you name it. Hit us up, hit like, hit subscribe. Would love to hear your feedback. Let's start off with the persuasion blunder. Don't, don't, don't. This was my last road trip. I believe it was in Texas. And it was around dinner time. Probably, to be fair, maybe an hour before the real dinner time. And I went to this kind of this restaurant row thing. And hey, there's an Outback Steakhouse. Why not get in? Ghost town. No one around. Nobody there. Nobody helped me out. I just wanted some food to go. Uh, nope. So I walked over to an Applebee's and walked in. They had me sit at the bar, but no bartender, nobody helping. And I walked out <laughs> and I tried the next one, which was the local Thai restaurant, which served me well. They didn't make me wait. They asked for my order right away. Now, obviously that's a blunder. The couple of restaurants lost my business. I was happy to eat there, get food from there. But I think a lot of times when people have lack of ownership, <laughs> don't give you the time of day. There's other things on their plate that you just don't get the attention that you deserve. It's not to say I'll never go back, but I wasn't going to wait and wait and wait to be served. And I think, no, I know patience levels going way down. I know Starbucks had a challenge with that, with some of their long lines. They thought it was cool, long lines, people waiting, social validation. But it gets to the point where, yeah, too much. Just like the lines at the amusement parks. It gets to the point where, yeah, not worth it, too much, not going to wait. So do be careful of your service time. How long does it take to return a phone call, to return an email, to return a text, to take someone's order, to give them the time of day. People are waiting less and less and less. So just put it out there, something to think about. That is the blunder of the week. So this week, we're going to follow up with number two. Last podcast, we went into the persuading and selling the white conscientiousness philosopher, systematic analyzer type personality. This week, we're going to get more into the red, the tenacious, direct, driver, assertive, dominant type personalities. How do you adjust? How do you persuade? We're different. We're wired different. We think different. We're going to get into that. That's based on finishing up last week's email. So we're going to go to the four different personality communication styles. But before we do, we need to go into that geeky scholarly article. How to make self-affirmations work based on science. So this is from Allison Chu from the Washington Post, Physiological Science and the Annual Review of Psychology. She goes into this. If you remember this, 
Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live, he did daily affirmations. Where he'd say, Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And his most famous skit was with the basketball player Michael Jordan, who's known for his greatness. He's like, Michael, do you ever feel like you're not going to make the shot, that you're going to lose the game? He's like, no, no. <laughs> and that caused him to go into a downward spiral where he's beating himself up. But uh, that made the affirmations pretty famous. A lot of people think they're hokey. A lot of people saw it in the movie The Secret, where if you just had affirmations, it would just happen. You could sit on the couch and just wish for a million dollars, it would happen. Now, that can be a sign of mental problems because you need to have an action plan with it, but a lot of people do really love affirmations. So the psychologist who looked at self-affirmation said numerous studies have found that affirming yourself can produce wide-ranging benefits, including stress relief, what you focus on, and ultimately what your success is going to be. Now, one of my early mentors, Brian Tracy, big in affirmations. I was selling some of his seminars and he was like, you just have to, before you go in to these presentations. So I give about four or five presentations a day. If I didn't sell, I didn't eat. Basically promoting Jim Brown, Brian Tracy seminars. He says, just say five times, I'm the best. I'm the best. People like me. I'm the best. And I'm like, I don't know. Because Brian Tracy is an incredible mentor, incredible mind. I'm like, really? You're telling me to do affirmations? And so I tried them. They worked okay. But I had to switch them up, customize it for me. And what I customize it to uh, they owe me money. They owe me money. <laughs> they owe me money. And that worked for me. So take what works for you and adjust it, fine tune it, and it'll make a difference for you. So a psychology professor at Carnegie Mellon who researches self-affirmations, he said it's more about really identifying in really concrete ways the kinds of things about you that you really value. So you're kind of fine tuning, honing in into what you want, what you value, and I've always heard that these affirmations should be in the present tense, should be specific. Not like, I want to be wealthy, but I am a millionaire. Take what works for you. Now, the challenge they did run into that if these affirmations don't align with what you believe about yourself, it could backfire. Because when you say, I am rich, your conscious mind goes, no, you're not. <laughs> but this is what I found teaching success around the world. That is true the first time. But if you keep doing it with feeling, with passion, and aligns with your beliefs, it's something you really want. Every time you say it, a little chunk of that doubt will erode away to the point where it becomes real. When it becomes real and it feels real, you could go down that path to make it become real. But then they also said, we often experience situations which is self you might be emotionally or psychologically threatened, such as failing a test or receiving criticism. I guess if you're giving your affirmations that are going to happen, that you maybe have really no control over, that it could backfire on you. So the studies they did found that simple, self-affirming exercises, such as writing about core personal values before a test, raised achievement in school, and some evidence even showed it had long-lasting effects. It lowered cortisol responses. Remember we talked about that? That's the fear Cortisol, that stress hormone, so it reduces that. Helped some students with a midterm exam. They did better, had lower stress levels before the test. And they found that the self-affirmation can also help improve problem-solving under stress. They said affirmations seem to engage regions of the brains associated with positive valuation and self-processing, especially when it was related to future-oriented values, something you wanted in the future. 
Another study found, and you know the importance of this, a little dopamine, affirmation activities can activate the brain's reward system that can keep you on track. So here are the suggestions from our experts here. Identify authentic affirmations. Your affirmations and how you word them should be consistent with your values that are important to you and your self-beliefs. I would add specific and present tense. And they said, if you're struggling to find things which you want to affirm, start with statements that reflect what you want to believe or that you want to have. So they said, build a daily habit that relates to affirmation. Take these micro steps. Program your subconscious mind before you go to bed. Say these self-affirmations. It can be built into anything from your drive to work to daily meditation. Basically, they said, we see ourselves through our behavior better than we see ourselves through our thoughts. So it gets us on track. You could even have a vision board. You can write it out in a vision statement. You can do all the above. You can have these positive affirmations. Hey, pick and choose what works for you. It works. We know it works. You can make it work. So a little woo-woo. I know that. But studies are pretty clear on this that we can do better, that it can work, and it can help you become more successful because we know Self-persuasion, that self-leadership is a big piece to your success. So let's go back to learning how to sell and persuade people, how they want to be persuaded. There's different communication styles, personality styles. Remember, there's no right or wrong here. We're different. We're wired differently. That's just how it is. So this week, if you've studied the disc style, this is the dominant, the color code. It's known as red. In the bird code, they're known as eagles. But they could also be known as direct drivers, assertive tenacious type personalities man they're dynamic they're active they find them a lot in leadership they're natural born leaders they tend to be very confident or at least pretend to be very confident they are all about getting the results making it happen making the quick decisions getting it going hey if there's three ladders to climb let's just climb all three and see which one's the right one versus last week when we talked about the analyzer the philosopher wants to analyze each ladder to know which one's right you're tenacious. is like, no, let's just go up. Let's do something. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Getting very results. Let's move. Let's go. Let's make decisions. They love control. They dislike it when you don't have an opinion that there's an action. If you come to them with a problem, you better have a solution. I'm working 15 hours a week. Why aren't you? They are independent. They're competitive. This is a game. Business is a game. Sales is a game. Negotiation is a game. We're going to win. That's a specific style. And they're also the type that love to argue and debate. Let's go. Let's fight it out. Why wait? Let's see who's right. They can be impatient. They can interrupt a lot of meetings. They do have a fear of appearing weak. But they are the style that you need to deal with, especially if you find a lot of these in leadership because they get things done. They have thicker skins. If they had to fire somebody, they will. If they had to bury someone to win the negotiation, it would be easier for them than other styles to do that because that's their job. That's what they do. They're there to win the game. So, so you see them, it's all about the results first. Relationships seconds. If you've proved your worth, if you're a worthy member of the team, if you can hold your own, if you could win the fight and the argument, yes, then it is okay. So it's results first. Now, they're all self-vision people. Nitty-gritty detail drives them crazy but good at the vision. This is where we're going. They're not sure how to get there. They don't want to talk about the 10 steps to get there, but they know where they want to go. So when you're working with a red driver type, be well-organized, prove your worth, 
Let them know that it's not getting to you. When they're pushing your buttons, winning the argument, making you look wrong, when they can feel that blood in the water, see that blood in the water, you're going to get more of it. That means they're winning the game. So don't get emotional. Don't show that they're getting to you. Don't start crying. (laughs) That could be a challenge. They love to push the buttons. That's a sense of control. You're pushing the buttons. Again, very, very, very fast-paced. You could go ahead and ask them for quick decisions. They're quick decision makers. They love to cross it off the list. It might not be perfect, but we're crossing off the list. We're getting it done. It's better than nothing. Ask them for something. Make sure it's specific and clear. Get to the point quickly. Don't waste their time. And you'll notice too, and don't be offended by this, more direct eye contact, more interruptions and meetings. So I would always recommend set the ground rules if you have all the personalities in a room. Say, look, we're starting on this side of the table. Nobody interrupts. You get five minutes. And then you still, if there's an interruption, you're like, no, no, they get their five minutes. Set the rules ahead of time. And it's not like they're necessarily being rude. It's just it's, they got the idea. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. But they could step on people that don't want to rock the boat. And that's rude to interrupt. Let's hear people out. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. So what I'd recommend for some persuasion tools there, remember, I'm going to say it again. If you have a problem, a challenge, you better have a solution. Don't just come to whine. They also love to be the decision maker. So careful with your foot in the door, yes questions. Too many. Sometimes you want to just get, we'll call it the yo, the yes, no. Hey, any reason we can't hammer this out in 10 minutes? No. You know, that really is a yes. Is this a bad time? No, that's a yes. Especially in negotiation this style, you probably want to get a couple of no's out of the ways before you start getting the yeses, do's in the foot in the door. But again, prove your worth. Show them that it's an issue. Expand the gap. What I mean by that, it's like, yeah, we're losing money. No, here's the numbers, 1.2 million. Otherwise, sometimes we'll diminish it. It's just not that big of a deal. No, it's a big deal. But remember, they want to be autonomous. They want to be decision makers. Let them. Let me give you a couple things. Ask their advice, opinions. They love it. So boost the self-esteem. But it was probably the same thing you wanted anyway, but it was their idea, their thought, their opinion. Just like Kurt Lewin, the social psychologist during World War II, he was hired by the U.S. government to hire Americans to eat more intestinal meats. Okay. Everywhere else in the world does, North Americans don't. Brought everyone, big seminar, rah, rah, do it for your country. Here's some samples, here's some recipes. And 3% went home to cook intestinal meats for their family. Yeah, not good. So this next one, they use this tool, advice. Hey, what are your thoughts? What are your opinions? What's your advice? How would you persuade people? What would you do? Of course, their thoughts are good thoughts. Their ideas are good ideas. And they persuaded themselves. It went from 3% to 32%. Not only was it 10 times easier to prepare, you got 10 times the results. Also, be very, very careful. Remember, these are visionaries. They're great at starting stuff and getting there. They're not sure how to get there. So you have to make sure that you've bought it in the vision, that they know you understand the vision, and then don't give them the 10 steps to get there. Just start with step one. A little bit at a time can be very important. Because with anybody, an overwhelmed brain says no. So they're not detail people, just one detail at a time, one thing to do a week, break it down into smaller, manageable, bite-sized pieces. Another one I'll give you too, since they want to be autonomous, be the decision maker, give them options. What a great persuasion sales tool. Let them choose. Monday or Tuesday, 10 or 11, green or black. You don't care. 
but they get to choose. They want to be autonomous. Just like that elderly lady, right? Doctor says, here's your medication. You'll be taking it every morning with your breakfast. He said, no, deep down, uh-uh. For most people, she wouldn't take it, wouldn't take it. Her children tried to convince her, wouldn't take it. Finally, out of desperation, took to another doctor who was a little smart. He says, here we go. Here's your medication. Hey, I'll have you choose. Do you want to do that with your breakfast or dinner? And she's like, uh, dinner? All right, doctor didn't care. And that's the key to options. They all win for you. You can tell your kids you want to take out the trash or do the dishes. Do something. Choose one. Just do it. But they're choosing. That is the key. That is so important for you to understand. Just give them some options. They feel like they're choosing. And they all win for you. You don't care which one they choose. They all win for you. The second piece of that, no more than two at the most three options. Otherwise, the brain tends to explode. I mean, how many perfumes can you smell without realizing what you smelled? I mean, really. Or the mutual fund advisor, I was watching their presentation. They're like, here are the 77 mutual funds that fit your financial needs. Okay, too much brain explodes. Or the supermarket. On a Saturday, here are 16 jams. Try them out for quality. Whatever one you like best will give you a 50% off coupon. That hurts sales. But when they reduce the number, it increased sales. So options can be a big one. Asking for their advice can be very important. Prove your worth. If you're hitting a brick wall, find something to exchange. You can help them out with a project, with a budget, with space, with personnel, with the training, with something they don't want to do. And you can make that a win-win. But again, don't just come to whine about your problems. Have a solution. So there you go. That is your dominant, direct, tenacious, driver, assertive, red-type personality. Again, very confident. They don't want to look weak, so sometimes they'll overcompensate a little bit. They can't let them push your buttons. You need to have an opinion. If you need to argue, go. In fact, I was a sales manager for this one company, and the CEO was this style. And he'd come in and he'd yell and say mean things to my salespeople. I'm like, no, no, you can't talk to my people. He's like, what do you mean? It's my company. I'm like, no. You can't talk to my people. So you're fired. I'm like, okay. So I left. He calls me an hour later. Where are you? I'm like, you fired me. Like, Get back here. So this happened, I'd say probably 17 times, but love to argue, love to fight, love to do it. Just, it was so much fun for him to do that. And some styles just don't like that. So that is something to think about when you think about this style, this personality. Again, they can come across as impatient, interrupt quite a bit, set the ground rules ahead of time. And it can make a big difference in your success in working with this style. So my voice sort of made it. We better cut it here. Now you know the second style. Now next week, we're going to continue with this to get into the steadiness. That's a this style or the yellow and the color code. You know, the harmonious, the relator, the considerate type personality. How do we deal with that? How do we persuade and sell that person? But again, thanks for being here. I can be reached at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Everything you need at MaximizeYourInfluence.com from your free Persuasion IQ assessment. There's also a link there for your presentation IQ. But all the information on product services, coachings, discounts, all right there, MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That includes the archives of the podcast if you want to search some older podcasts based on topics that you want to learn. But realize... We're not one and done. One size does not fit all as persuaders, as salespeople. You've got to go out and adapt to persuade people how they want to be persuaded to their personality, to their culture, to their department, to their age group. You adapt. The more you can adapt, the more persuasive you are because it sounds like you're speaking their language. 
There you have it. That's our podcast today. Take something you learned today. Even if it's just looking at people, half the people are results people, half the people are relationship people. Just pick that up, very first thing. And then maybe just pick up, oh, this is a detailed person, this is a vision person. You can slowly build your ability to read and adapt to personality styles. So there you have it. Become a better influencer, a better negotiator, a better person. Build your relationships and go out and persuade with power. 